Hi everybody, and welcome back to the Wayward Dragons, a podcast where a couple of nerds kind of go on rants. <laughs> You'll yep. understand why that's funny if you listen to our review, our last review episode. But um, yep. just talk about shit, kind of discuss occult things and paranormal things and all that. Yep. Uh, I'm Johnny, and I'm Kelsey. Welcome to episode 35. <laughs> I think it's 35. That's what I put on here. Yeah, it's episode 35. It's 35. So yes, hello all. <laughs> uh, so, today we're going to be talking about some of the most bizarre and possibly magical books in the world. Yes. I started off with over 30. And because of time constraints and some of it was just kind of weird books that i looked at that i guess are weird on appearance but not weird enough in the long run that i whittled it down to four okay so we are going to talk about four books uh there are a lot of words from different languages in here yes so i'm going to butcher every single possible (laughs) pronunciation and that is my goal Yes. Not really, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and I think after each book, to make sure that, you know, Kelsey's still awake, I'm going <laughs> to take a moment and ask her what her thoughts, thoughts, her thoughts. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I was like, I don't know. There's not a whole lot going on uh, up here. apparently there's a disconnection from there to here Uh, it's alright we're in the last stages of Mercury and retrograde it's fine it's fine yeah and you know that's that's what I'm going to blame because it affects electrical (laughs) things and your brain is electrical yes it is so that's my problem yes yeah no I don't have the right calendar up anymore yeah yeah we're actually about to go into the Chinese New Year yeah, Lunar New Year is coming up, and I'm excited. I'm going to try and give me some candied ginger, yeah. because I freaking love candied ginger, but then again, I just love ginger. It's like, I think it's the year of the cat? I would have to look. I was like, it's either the cat there, or there, the Well, there is, no, there is no year of the cat. Okay, well then what is the Chinese New Year? Let's find this out. <laughs> There is, I think, in one of the, I think, in the Philippines, there's a year of the cat. You'd have to go back last year and listen to our yeah. Lunar New Year episode. Rabbit. Year of the Hobbit? <laughs> Rabbit. It is the year of the Hobbit in my freaking world. Only that means we I'm... get to eat, drink, and be merry, right? It's the year yeah. of the Hobbit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's my <laughs> wedding. It's what, well, that's what that is. Especially with my little centerpieces I sent you. <laughs> Which are freaking amazing. <laughs> and they're quite intimidating. They're not that big. Uh, but yeah. Continue. So I'm, I'm going to say this. Don't post those pictures anywhere because I don't... We, we don't... We don't need anyone getting any ideas for their wedding based <laughs> off that. Because... It, that, it's freaking awesome, but I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can describe it. So for my, the centerpieces, I'm making um, 
like fairy house rounds. So each one has like a different theme based kind of based off people in my family. Um, uh, so yeah, that's the centerpieces because I'm having like a fairy woodland hobbit themed wedding. <laughs> so it's, it's the subtle way I can do Lord of the Rings without it being like shoved down people's throats. So I've made, I've got wooden rounds and each wooden round's a different like fairy house theme with the um, table number sticking out. So yeah, because yeah, why not? It's very fun. Yeah. It's very fun to sit here and be like back in craft class in elementary school. <laughs> Except I'm getting hot glue all over my fingers instead of paste. So Oh, I did that in high school. Uh, I've actually gotten to. like severe burns from hot glue. I didn't have to take an art class because I took band. So, but let's talk about your books. Let's let's get back on track. <laughs> yeah, no, I was about to say get back to the books. <laughs> get back to the books. Uh, so back to the books. So the first book we're going to talk about is the book of Soiga. The okay. Book of Soiga, and yes, that is pronunciation. I actually looked up multiple pronunciations on this one. Okay. Which is also titled Adorai Adorai. Yeah. <laughs> so in the 16th century, a copy of this book was owned by Elizabethan scholar John D. We've talked about John D. before, so he was. Uh, worked for the queen and yep. you know was her astrologer and all sorts of other fun stuff yep uh, after d's death the book was lost until 1994 where two manuscripts were located in the british library and the bodleian library under the title aladaria by D scholar professor Deborah Harkness. The book, like many religious texts, is divided into other books, like subbooks. The Soiga has four major books in it and a number of different minor books. The interesting part about this book is that throughout the book there's no like there's no consistency with how it's written. There's you know it looks like in parts that the words are just kind of randomly scrolled upon the paper and or technically it's not paper i don't know that's a different book anyway it's just randomly scrolled there's random drawings of things okay so according to the mythos around it john d was able to translate the majority of the stuff with the exception of the last information on the last 36 pages okay uh, John D. and Edward Kelly, who we've talked about before as well, mm -hmm. are reported to have contacted the angel Uriel and asked a number of questions relating to the book. In particular, the thir 36 tables he couldn't translate. Uriel then told him that the book has been around as long as Adam was in the Garden of Eden. So according to this myth, this book predates the creation of humans. And the reason why I'm saying exact things here 
is I am stating this based off the legend. So, you know, it's based off the mythology with and its existence. So Uriel told them that they would have to contact uh, one of the other archangels to get information. Further than that, which this is believed where Enochian comes from, uh, the you know the writings where John D did with angelic magic and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, according to the myth, if the last book last pages of the books are translated whoever translated them will die within two years okay uh there was based off of some of the stuff that i read there was a guy who translated it about a year ago or thinks he figured it out about a year ago died so we're just kind of waiting to see if he dies well it did say two years that's what i'm saying is is what a year ago we're still kind of waiting to see if he dies. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, never know. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that book? Um, I, I'm going to have a hard time believing that it predates Adam and Eve. Right. Got, got a hard time believing that. Because, I mean, we do have texts, texts that are not able to be translated. So the fact that pages are not able to be translated makes sense. Honestly, it kind of sounds like someone's grimoire because you said it doesn't, there's no rhyme or reason to something. Like it's, there's no logical sense on how it's laid out. So it almost sounds like a grimoire of some form, possibly. I mean, we, um, w- we won't even go into what my Book of Shadows looks like. Like, I started <laughs> one just to have a place for, like, herb knowledge as I go through my herbology, herbalism thing. Um, but, like, that's almost what it sounds like, is it's like a cryptic, like a coded grimoire that they don't yeah. want, obviously you don't want people to see that, you know. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. I have a really hard time believing it's before Adam and Eve. No, I I would agree with that. Uh... And then on top of that, I have a hard time believing in curses like that. Where, you know, the last person translates is going to die in two years. I, I have a really hard time believing in that because a lot of times your human brain is going to make connections to things that are not there. You're grasping at straws. Right. You want to see a pattern in something just because your brain wants you to. It's not always there. Your brain's just being dumb. So I I have a hard, like when we did the Royal, the um, Royal episode with my brother, and we talked about haunted jewelry. I have a hard time believing in a lot of those curses. Sometimes it's just quinky dinks. So I just don't. Yep. Sometimes don't a moth is just a moth. Yep. All right. Moving to the second book. This thing I am going to butcher so badly. <laughs> uh, I believe it is. Yeah, it's French. So 
Uh, the name is, and it's old French too. Uh, Prodigium ac ostentorum chronicon, which to me sounds like a freaking magic spell. Yeah. Uh, so it r- roughly translates into the Book of Miracles and Sight. Okay, that sounds a lot better than the gibberish you said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) It's French, so leave it alone. Uh, Or as its English title is known, The Chronicles of Omens and Prophecies. It was written by a French humanist, Conrad Lycanstrith. Okay. uh, And was published in Basel, France in 1557. So you could ask what this book has in it, but the better question would be, what does this book not have in it? Okay. This book has monsters, mysteries, occult beliefs, uh, sightings of Halley's Comet, monstrous animals, and so much more. Okay. The time period that's covered in this book, again, going back to Adam and Eve. Oh, let's see here. Everyone blank. Uh, so, sorry, I'm going for a second. Uh, it's been a long day. Okay, back to where I'm at. Uh, the time periods covered in this book go from the time with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to ancient Greece up to the Middle Ages. Okay. And like I said before, I'm giving this times as they are quote-unquote exact times to fit in the narrative of what they did to what the lore is for the story. The reason I'm doing this, and this is just how my brain works, when I analyze something or look at something, I like to look into the time period or the world or the belief that the context comes from. Yes. So as I stated on our review episode, if any of you listen to that, where I went on two really annoying rants, I'm going to go on a brief one here. (laughs) And, you know, Kelsey gets to hear me rant again because we record these both in the same day <laughs> we do <laughs> uh, and then you know my partners heard me rant about this so i'm gonna go off on it and uh <laughs> i'm sure i'll get annoyance by that but so as stated yeah i look at from the world it is it exists in like within context for instance, and this is a major spoiler for anyone who has not seen Midsummer. Okay. Okay. So it's that's a horror. It's a horror movie. Oh, okay, I haven't seen that. I don't like the ending of the movie. I don't like how how most people <laughs> view the movie. Okay. A lot of people try and say it's a good for her movie. While yes, the boyfriend in it, not the greatest guy in the world. Mm. Are they ever like, in the movies though? Well, so here's the thing: is that he wants to dump her and he's going on a trip with his friends, but her whole family, just like her family's dead. Okay. And they just died. And so she's upset about that. So he's trying to be a decent guy and not break her heart while she's completely distraught over that. And so he's, it's one of those moral dilemmas of, well, I don't want to be with her. But hey, this situation just happened and I don't want to be an asshole when she's dealing with this to give her more to deal with. 
Okay. So they, in the movie, they go with one of his friends on a trip to this very interesting occult uh, compound village type thing. And crazy fucked up shit starts happening. Okay. Well, in the movie, the type of magic that is used within the within the people, basically the people in the village want new DNA in their village because they're a closed off community. Okay. So they drug him and he's basically spelled magic, magicid, magicted, I don't know. Um, he's compelled by magic and to fuck one of the ladies there. Which, okay. one, he's raped because he is not under control of his own body. He's under a spell. Okay. Then there's a sacrifice youth in the movie and she, they're like, hey, do you want to like kill one of our dudes or kill this guy that you've been dating who just fucked another lady and you watched him fucked another lady? So she kills the dude that she was dating. Okay. People say it's a good for her movie because, you know, uh, he cheated on her, but he didn't. He was, you know, cursed, hexed, yeah. whatever. So, like I said, I when I analyze stuff, I look at it from the perspective of that. So. Okay. That's my little rant there. That's not as funny as my <laughs> other rants. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. So back to the topic on hand. This book can be seen as an almanac of what we would consider strange human beliefs from ancient times up till 1557. Okay. It contains many dark and fatalistic prop. Uh, prophecies okay much like the writings of Nostradamus which we're going to cover in another episode okay it also includes sea monsters natural disasters human abnormalities as far as in the artwork and stuff where it's like exaggerated features and like what could be genetic defects okay so the UFO is believed to possibly have spent a comet, but not 100% sure. This book has over 1,500 drawings that were done from woodcuts. So basically it's like woodcut stamps where they carve it in the negative into mm-hmm. the wood and then use that as a stamp for yeah. the book. Over 1,500. That's crazy. Your face is really blurry because of connection, but I know you've got like a like a what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I do. My face uh, is all scrunched up and everything. Like So some of the stuff in the book is stuff that's described from different travelers who have traveled you know the world and uh so it be, yeah. could be conceived as complete BS, but some of the information is valid. Here's okay. the where it starts to get weird. Uh, the weird part is that some of the strange beings or monsters okay. are actually described as things are that are described there that we would at first thought say not BS or it seems fantastical is stuff that actually exists. Uh, some of these were up until recently unknown to, to modern scientists until paleolo- paleolithical records 
that have found, you know, some of the remains or we've discovered stuff that didn't exist. Uh, one of the strangest things that's in there is a picture of a dodo bird. And this is why this is weird. So the picture, so again, the book was published in 1557. Yeah. Humans did not even go to the island where the dodo exists until 1598. Yeah. That's 41 years after the, it was published. So, so how did they know about the dodo bird? Well, that's part of the weird part. And there's like certain practices, like uh, magical and ritualistic practices that are listed in there that, you know, from different cultures, people typically wouldn't be, wouldn't have known of. Uh, There's, you know, certain scarification rituals and stuff that, I mean, I guess, statistically speaking, it's possible that someone stumbled upon it and said, hey, this is this, but yeah, very, very unlikely. That's... So, yeah. was it all travelers? Did somebody make something up just by happenstance? Were they connected mentally? I don't know. Who knows? Definitely something worth looking into. Uh, yeah. The next thing we're going to co- cover, the next quote-unquote book, are titled The Ripley Scrolls. Okay. Uh, the Ripley Scrolls are named after alchemist... Sir George Ripley. George Ripley was one of England's most famous alchemists. His alchemical writings attracted attention not only when they were published in the 15th century, but also later in the 16th and 17th century as well. His writings were studied by notable uh, figures and alchemists and the like, such as John D. Remember we talked about him earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Boyle, who is considered the first modern chemist, hmm. and even Sir Isaac Newton. Okay, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but Newton actually wrote more papers on theology and alchemy than he ever did on mathematics and physics. Yep, yep, yep. A great deal of myth grew up around. Ripley, such as that he studied in Italy for 20 years and became a favorite of Pope Innocent the... I think that's eight. V-I-I-I. Okay. Is that eighth? Yeah. V-I-I-I. Yeah. Yeah, so Pope Innocent the (laughs) eighth. Uh, he did, however, spend a number of years on the continent. And when I say continent, I mean the continental Europe, not the English yeah. Isles. Uh, after returning to England, he wrote The Compound of Alchemy or The Twelve Gates, lending to the discovery of the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Because they like long book titles back then. <laughs> And that yes. was in 1471. Well, if you look at like half the old book titles, it's like the it's the relegation, the, it, the relegation of the aforementioned individuals who then forth set forth and solemnly did thus. Yeah! It's like, huh? What the hell? 
Where now it's just like a blurb. Uh, uh, Ripley is one of the first poetic compositions on the subject of alchemy. Most of Ripley's works are based off pseudo-Roman lulls. And that's L-L-U-L-L. Not (laughs) L-O-L. Although the compound of alchemy uh, is based largely on works of the little known alchemists in the 15th century by Grudo del Montano. I told you guys I was going to butcher <laughs> a lot of words here. It's okay. I can hardly speak English, and then I expect myself to speak other languages as well, or at least try to pronounce the words. Uh, another story about him is reported in Thomas Fuller's The Worthies of England, which describes a reputable English gentleman who reported reportedly having seen a record in the island of Malta, which stated that Ripley gave the enormous sum of 100,000 pounds of sterling annually to Knights of the Island and of Rhodes to support their war against the Turks. Alchemy is the Western medieval world had deep roots in a lot of things from Rome, Egypt, maybe older. It's believed to be first practiced in Europe in the 12th century based off historical record. The Ripley scrolls are the most well-known documents of these. If you've ever seen images of like alchemical things or things that are, you know, alchemist books with symbols hidden in them, that's more than likely what they come from. And the reason why this was done is so they could hide the meaning for those who were were worthy. And also this was the time that the church was killing folks for any sort of occult practices that weren't directly approved by the church. Yeah. And even some that were. Yeah. They don't... I mean, it's like the matter of you don't want anyone getting their hands on stuff because you don't know what they might do with it. Uh, Yeah. To this day, only 23 said scrolls have been found, even though they are believed to be from centuries following his life. Their names are taken from George Ripley... It's believed that if you follow some of the instructions correctly, mm-hmm. you can create the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. Yes, this is the same stone that, you know, Harry Potter, that was in Harry Potter that kept Nicholas Flamel alive. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also the same stone that was supposedly made by the actual Flamel. Yep. What are your thoughts on those scrolls? I mean, I think they were trying to get at something with all the alchemy. Also, apparently I can't count. I did five books, not four. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, I mean, you're not going to find it because if the church got its hands on it, good luck. 
So yeah. good luck finding them. But I think I think they were trying to do they were they were exploring and in, in experimenting with alchemy. You know, they're trying to make new things and we had a lot of discoveries because of that. So, I mean, there's some truth, I think, into some of the things, but obviously not all of it, but it is what it is. The next book, uh, we are, this one's a little bit different. So this book is called The Poplevoir. Yes, I know I did not pronounce that anything close to correct. (laughs) Uh, But as I've said before, I hardly speak English. Yeah, much this less is correct. Language. This is correct. This is much less a Mesoamerican language. I suck at languages, guys. Um, so, <laughs> so this is a book that was Mesoamerican. Why it's being included in this episode. This book is sometimes called the Mayan Bible. Okay. Uh, the Mayan be- people were extremely spiritual yes and this book was written in a time period after the spaniards came to visit and i'm using the visit because this was prior to colonization okay where some of the individuals learned the spanish language and then started transcribing the a lot of the Mayan myths and legends to where they would survive. So this book goes into way of lives before, during, and after uh, the conquering and colonization of the Spaniards. And honestly, if it wasn't for this book, we probably wouldn't know shit about the Mayan culture. Yeah. Like this went and like, Everything from just everyday lives to religious practices to anything you possibly imagine. Yeah. So the last thing we're going to cover, and this one's, I'm actually really excited about this one. <laughs> I I spent way too much time with this one. So uh, the next book and final one is probably the biggest book here we'll talk about. Da-da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to add in some like actual drum rolls post or just leave mine. <laughs> um, this book is 36 inches tall by 20 inches wide by 9 inches thick and weighs approximately 165 pounds. That's more than me. Uh, this is a commonly overlooked occult book. It brands itself with what many people, as what some may see as a bizarre and sinister title. A book so decisively mysterious that the Bohemian Monastery in which uh, it was penned, so which it was written, Mm -hmm. uh, has deemed it as cursed. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, I have cue spooky music. (laughs) <laughs> in, my, uh, in all caps in the notes it says cue spooky music um, the, the author is believed to be uh, was believed to be in uh, alignment with the dark lord himself 
I don't know why I put insert small rant here. I was probably feeling some sort of way <laughs> at the time. I don't fucking remember. I was like, which, which Dark Lord are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, Voldemort? Or are we talking, like, the devil? Satan. Satan. Okay. He was believed to be one of Satan's men. I was like, I'm sorry, but when you say Dark Lord, I immediately think of Voldemort. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> uh, as I said before, this is the Codex Gigas. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the fuck word that was supposed to be. It's like so you got lost on, Maybe based? I don't know. Anyways, I massive typo guys in this, and I don't remember what I was trying to. Uh, so, small aside, I work on these notes after work where my brain has been like fried from dealing with <laughs> stuff for eight hours and or eight plus hours. So, when I look back, sometimes it's like, hey, that's an error. Um, so it has very strange iconography in it okay and was has also because of this has been has gained the moniker the devil's bible let's not be confused with the satanic bible by antoine levey oh as i said before the very girth of this book has beckoned a lot of attention not just because of the fact of its size, the fact that it has uh, 624 pages, and these aren't pages of paper. Okay. These are pages of animal skin. Okay. Because paper was not that easily uh, come upon. Personally, I think if it was really... If he was really cahoots with the devil, he would have added 42 more pages to make the count to 666, but that's just me. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know there's many books with far more pages. Oh, yeah. But the fact of how how large it is, it has a crap ton of more information. Yeah. so to give that make that make sense. So I have three bookshelves slap full of books. Uh, took a random selection of ten books. Like literally had someone close their eyes and pick ten random books. Okay. And these aren't like little flimsy like kids books either. Yeah. Uh, I took average of the. Uh, sizes of the books and the pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all sorts of books that range in size. So, on average, the 10 books had 311.9 pages. Mm-hmm. And did I not get the thickness? I didn't get the thickness of the books. But, anyways, 6.139 by 7.85. So, in other words, uh, the book has twice as many pages with being three times its size. Yeah. And standard print size. It's not like they made it super huge print. Yeah. I thought it was like uh, huge, huge no. print in no, lots of pictures. print size. What the fuck? Uh, so there's a few drawings. Is it mainly just words? It's mainly words. What? 
probably the most famous drawing though is actually the next sentence i have uh, <laughs> is uh, a very monty python-esque for those who are familiar with monty python monty python a looking devil type creature okay according to the legend the book was written in the 13th century by a monk who was known as Herman the Recluse in the Benedictine Monastery of the Czech Republic. Okay. Little is known about the monk, but the legend, uh, other than the legend, it is believed that he was corrupted by dark powers and was sentenced to death. He made a deal, allegedly, with the individual who was going to put him to death. Okay. That he could, if he finished the book, they wouldn't put him to death. They still put him to death. They walled him up. Do you know what that means? They, like, buried you alive. I had to look it up. Yeah, they literally put you in a wall and brick mm-hmm. it up mm-hmm. and let you starve to death. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Um. Oh, that countess that would um consume the blood of young maidens they did that to her because that doesn't surprise me yeah that's that was her punishment is they is they uh walled her in her own um castle Castle? Mm -hmm. well i could go on another rant about that but really it was because she was a woman and she had some sentiments of power and the church didn't like it so they got rid of her uh (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so they they starved you to death yep but you know that's what god wants so that's what they did uh <laughs> so like i said he made a deal with the abbot that if he could finish the book they would spare his life if he could finish it one night and uh it would have all the writings of like the bible and theology along with all the wonders of the world and it would glorify the monastery itself. The abbot agreed. But like I said, old Henry only had one night to complete it. Uh, wasting no time, he wrote his heart out until midnight, at which he basically said, fuck it. There's no way I can do this <laughs> in one night. Supposedly, he made a pact with the devil at this point and sold his soul to complete the book. Uh, the yeah. the devil supposedly is the one that completed the book, which is why there's a really weird picture of the devil in the middle of it. Based off of conservative estimates, it would have taken over 20 years with nonstop writing to complete a book of this size. What? Yes. And based off of uh, examinations from I forget what they're called. The people who actually study handwriting. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it is believed firmly that this book only had one author. One author. Twenty. So the years. monastery that it was held in was destroyed in the fifteenth century. Uh, based off records in the book, it was completed in the thirteenth century. That's crazy. So, other than the, you know, what makes this book a culty, other than the backstory, 
Well, it literally has the entire Christian Bible in it. Some texts that are not canonical in the Bible, some of which that are were found later in like Dead Sea Scrolls that you know were lost books of the Bible that would not have readily been known about that point. A number of astrology things, a number of occult charts, star charts, herbalism, and random witchy type stuff, and of course the weird devil picture. So those are the five books, not four. I'm an idiot and you know, fucked up. <laughs> okay. Uh, that I wanted to talk about. Like there's several others, you know, there's the grand grimoire of Cthulhu and the Necronomicon that you know, involved with H.P. Lovecraft stuff that a lot of people flock to. There's actually cults that have origin, or come across that. There's the Prophecies of Notre Dame, which we're going to be talking about. There's the Voynich Manuscript. Uh, the last, which the Voynich Manuscript is cool because there's like, we can't fucking translate it. Yeah. Like they've linguists have tried and tried for years and they can't figure out any sort of uh, linguistic code for the book, but it's got like all sorts of like plant pictures and stuff like that in it. The big one that I wanted to cover here, and this is uh, partially a promise to our, my expert. Yeah. Is the Smithfield doctrine, a doctor, a doctorals. So this is a book that, you see like pictures of all the time. This is the weird medieval art is when you hear weird medieval art or see med- weird medieval art. This is typically where it comes from. Uh, so you'll okay. have like pictures of knights fighting giant snails. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rabbits decapitating people. Okay. Uh, there's actually one that, you know, I was told to share with everyone. So just a little snippet and it's going to be the comedy for that to end the episode on. Uh, so apparently there's a big like greyhound type uh, dog that was running away from a rabbit. And okay. I was informed by the expert okay. that the dog's name is Spunky okay. and that he stole the grilled cheese that the rabbit was making for himself. Okay. And... That's why he was chasing the. That's why the rabbit was chasing him, is because the rabbit was mad that Spunky stole his grilled cheese, and the rabbit wanted his grilled cheese. I mean, I'd be mad too. So. Well, I think that expert is high on crack. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, it's a joke, but I I'm gonna find the pictures so you can post it because it's some of those pictures are ridiculous. But that's the big honorable mention that I have. Okay. So, those are some wacky, weird, occult-type, strange books that I whittled down from 30. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts on any of those? Thoughts on the, uh, the Codex Gigas? <laughs> I was like, that's a massive book. That is massive. I like big books, and I can't <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's just, that's massive. 165 pounds, that's just massive. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. That's huge. That's what she said. 
was like, are you are you ready to do our tarot cards for this week? For the next two weeks? I totally am. I definitely did not forget about that. <laughs> you should be proud let of me. me. Just, I didn't uh, I didn't pull my normal card. Do extra shuffling to make sure my deck is extra shuffled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, when I was writing this, I'm like, shit, I forgot about something. What did I forget about to put it into yeah. the notes? Yeah. Um, so I'll go ahead and start. So I pulled the lovers. Um, so a union where forces are united. There is a relationship here where one piece uh, fulfills the other, creating balance, harmony, and peace. Where one side is weak, the other is strong and vice versa. This is a union where one can depend on the other, blessed by nature, that pushes each other to grow and expand. So. Okay. I got the Six of Cups. <laughs> why does why one... So about that. <laughs> it's like, why do one of us always pull something from the cups? Okay, so the Six of Cups is a throwback to nostalgia and happier times. Uh, or childlike nostalgia. Okay. okay. So it's a reminder to, you know, remember when life was good and to chill out sometimes and enjoy things. Not putting so much pressure on yourself. <laughs> like if you're, say, planning a wedding and, <laughs> you know, have a shit ton going on, maybe you should, like... Make sure you take time to relax and enjoy yourself and enjoy the time with your significant other and you know, try to freaking push yourself all the time or, you know, not overwork yourself <laughs> all the freaking time. I'm calling us both out here. I was know. like, sir, you can't just call me out without calling yourself out. No, I, I called myself out. <laughs> like, I'm also calling a few of our listeners out. You know who you are. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You. Listen. Quit overworking. Quit stressing about work. <laughs> They'll replace you the moment you're dead. So who cares? There's a... I used to hear this old saying growing up all the time. And it was... Uh, it's kind of fucked up if you think about it. But it says, <laughs> they'll post your job before they post your obituary. Which is true. You know as well as I do. Like, you know as well as I do. Especially where I work. They, I won't even be cold before my job goes up. Let's just say they'll post your job while you're still working there. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're just planning for a backup. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We're backfilling the position. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say... That makes a lot of sense, at least for me, because I go on vacation next week because it's a, it's the week of my would have been my grandmother's birthday, so I make um, I am taking the recipe box that I have of hers, and I am making I'm slowly making books for everyone in the family, so when I make them, it's like going down memory lane, because it's all the recipes I made as a kid with my grandma. Yeah, so. Well, make sure you don't overwork yourself on it. Make sure you take time to enjoy it. Uh, well, 
the week this one I'm making is for my grandpa so it's, it's a little weird 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 feelings right yeah there. with all that drama but yeah that's the story for another day but yeah yeah so please tell your friends rate review and subscribe we are on most podcast platforms you can join us on facebook instagram and youtube um my hands are the hands that you see for the unboxing videos and if we've messed up anything or if you have a topic that you feel like um would be good for us to cover or book recommendation you can email us at the waywarddragons at gmail.com and hey if you're in a if you do a podcast yourself or know someone who does a podcast, yeah, you know, see if they want to collaborate, do a little cross promotion. We can yeah. help each other out, spread the yeah. love, spread the word. Yeah. 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 And have a good rest of the Mercury and retrograde. Hope everybody survived that and happy Chinese new year. Yeah. yeah. And we will see you all in february probably never because we're not going <laughs> to see you but you'll hear our voices and um you know, in february. next week and the week after that depending on when you listen yeah holy shit we're already halfway through the month i know I just realized <laughs> that. Oh. yeah 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 we're halfway through january everybody Woo. Yeah. so yeah we'll see you guys at some point yeah, until next Till time. Then, I'm Johnny. <laughs> and I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.